Hi everyone, my name is Jeremy Stimson. I'm the Director of Data Science and Strategy at, uh, at Control Risks. Um, in particular, I work in the area of corporate compliance, third-party risk management, um, helping companies understand their, their risk profile and their, their associated risk profile through their, uh, through their supply chain. Um, so, so building on some of the things we uh, we heard earlier, I wanted to talk a bit about ESG as a as a corporate concept and how we've kind of seen some evolution in the way uh, companies approach that. Um, the challenges then around data and uh, and regulation. So. ESG, um, we, we see quite a lot of uh, transition, quite a lot of change at the moment. In, in the bad old days, ESG was was a PR and comms exercise. It was about managing companies' profile. Uh, it was it was about retaining talent, avoiding controversies, um, and managing the impact when those those uh, those things occur. And ESG crisis management was provided by PR agencies. Uh, regulation drove a few paragraphs in, in annual statements. There's lots of generalizations in that, but broadly that's that's sort of the um, uh, the historical view anyway of, of where that uh, where that uh, saw ESG. Um, ESG then then really kind of transformed from our point of view. It, it became a proxy as uh, of for. Um, as a leading indicator for success, looking at alternative data providers, looking at everything from uh, from weather patterns through to companies spend on user experience, there was a huge influx of, sort of different alternative data sources. Looking at uh, trying to predict the, the sort of, um, financial opportunity around different companies, um, the company approach to ESG was still in large part driven by uh, risk avoidance, hygiene compliance with regulation. But that regulation was gradually gathering pace and the, and the expectations around it. Um, importantly, it was it was when it sort of started to move into an investment uh, investment driven discussion one of the things that we're seeing increasingly now is is positive impact as a motivator for investment so so it's not so much uh, just looking at the um, at ESG as a sort of uh, an early indicator of fin financial success and, and sort of a secondary consideration it's it's primarily driven by uh, funds and and uh, and individuals and partnerships wanting to work with people that have a positive impact on uh, the environment and society uh, that they uh, that they operate in um, and that's really driven uh, some some very interesting dynamics so in the last quarter uh, there was a global inflow of about 80 billion uh, us dollars um, into esg dri driven uh, driven funds um, and that that, uh, that at that point having the right data available to make the to make decisions being able to identify the actual impact and effect of uh, of companies uh, really really matters so in that in that context, um, we, we need to talk about data. So, so currently we have a um, a, uh, a significant lack of reliable data. Uh, I would I would assert um, around the the way we measure the ESG impact of uh, of companies and products and uh, and and organisations. The way we calculate ESG scores um, is really still driven by that uh, that PR and marketing driven approach to um, uh, to risk management. Uh, we look at the um, uh, the self declared published content from a uh, from an organisation. We look at their perception. We look at um, sort of sending uh, questionnaires and check adherence to policies and things. But we don't look at the actual uh, the actual measured impact and effect of a company uh, or their products on the uh, on the ground. We're still, in essence, measuring ESG as a PR exercise uh, in that uh, in that sense. Um, 
I have two two concerns with this. Um, the first is that we overweight the perception of groups that have the greatest access to technology and uh, and data. Um, data availability follows wealth and population. If you look at a global map of uh, of the uh, availability of that information, it follows it follows those those areas. So we we by extension underweight the areas that are, that have the greatest exposure to some of those um, those ESG risks. Um, we also building models in that way that that's built on the, the sort of the public profile of a, an organization actively penalizes disclosure and that really matters when you're basing decisions uh, with that amount of money that that amount of kind of business outcome tied to it so so we're using these sort of these these um pr driven metrics around esg uh, to prioritize and to, to identify uh, opportunities for for uh, you know for investment for um, uh, for future success but the way we build those models actively discourages organizations from uh, from disclosing disclosing information um, so that that has to that has to change that's uh, that's not in my view the the uh, uh, the, kind of the best way we could be appro approaching that um, uh, that issue. Now, to be fair to the you know to the ESG uh, score providers, data providers, or the people in that space, they're not claiming that those those scores provide an objective view of a company's ethical uh, position, its products or or, uh, or services. Um, but that is exactly what we uh, what we need. And again, in in my uh, supposition here is that the um, the way that we do that needs to combine that kind of top down data, that view of gathered information about an organization with um, the the bottom up citizen generated data that uh, that we have that we have access to. So I wanted to just uh, as final final uh, notes, just uh, link back to something that was talked about earlier around regulation. So, so in my view, regulation is necessary, but not sufficient in meeting these, uh, these issues. So in the, the area uh, I spend most time looking at, so anti-money laundering, bribery, corruption, all that, all that goes with that. Um, we've had AML uh, disclosure requirements since 1968, I think, with the Banking Secrecy Act in the US. Um, and then we've had a number of a number of acts since. And availability of data is still one of the biggest challenges, despite some fairly heavy regulation across uh, across uh, certainly the the um, the. Uh, Europe and the US and, and uh, sort of well-regulated markets. So we have heavy regulation. We have a, a well-developed collaborative system between the certainly between the banking and finance system, and there is still a data uh, a data challenge. One of the things that I think uh, drives that is that regulation tends to focus on the outcome that we're trying to achieve, achieve quite rightly, but it doesn't keep pace with the way. Uh, organizations need to be able to consume and manipulate data and and uh, and produce analytics of, of this kind of stuff so so we spend a lot of time saying you must share data in these particular you know around these particular topics uh, but we don't uh, have regulation around the formats or structures of that data how it how it's intended to be used um, and that becomes very uh, very challenging particularly in the in the ESG sense where the topic areas are so broad the the subject area is so is so wide so one of the critical things I think we need to look at is the uh, the, the data sharing, the, the mechanisms that we put, put in place to incentivize data sharing and uh, at the very least to not not penalize data uh, data sharing. Um, and how do we build a, a sort of common good model around uh, around companies sharing uh, sharing that information? One one last area of regulation, which I think is is um, is really interesting and has potential to to um, to influence this, um, is the use of whistleblower regulation uh, and the the increasing kind of focus on on uh, uh, 
bottom-up capture of, uh, of information from uh, from uh, workers and people on the on the ground. I think that's as that comes into a for, into force into into effect, particularly with some of the EU regulation that's coming through, um, then that has uh, the potential to change the way we think about that kind of ESG data and how we how we uh, can we use that.